here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Raiders Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Raiders Wire editor, Marcus Mosher. Yo, Marcus, the only place to start is with the defense, right? I mean, they made the Raiders made Tom Brady look like it was like 2010 all of a sudden. He looked like he was back in wearing a Patriots jersey, you know, oh way back gosh. in the day. 45 points is tough to swallow, and I know there's a lot of chatter right now around the Raiders defense. So let's start there, man. What did you what did you see on that side of the football, and, and how concerned are you? Yeah, so in week five, when the Raiders played the Chiefs, they forced 32 pressures on Patrick Mahomes. And then in this game against Tom Brady, Two, I don't know what's happening to this Raiders team. They're so inconsistent on that side of the ball. Uh, Max Crosby and Cleveland Farrell uh, both really struggled. I, I know they've got some injuries in the secondary. Jonathan Abram didn't play, but oof, this was this was a bad one, Ryan. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure they're going to be able to overcome this bad defense the rest of the season. It feels like the Achilles heel, doesn't it? You know, you, the offense is pretty good. Derek Carr is having a career year, as you've been writing about on the Raiders wire. But the defense is the Achilles heel, and. I think we got to look at the defensive coordinator. John Gruden continues to stand up at that podium, right? Pound his fist. He's not the problem. We're going to fix it. We're going to fix it. But you wrote in an article recently, like, how do you fix this thing? How do you fix it? There's not a lot of options. You know, you kind of are what yeah. you are. And coming off a of bye week, you would hope the plan against Tom Brady was a little bit better. What do you? I've watched a lot of Tom Brady. I've watched pretty much every single game of his career because, you know, I'm based out here in New England. Mm-hmm. Patriots guy. You've got to blitz and pressure Tom. I, mean, I guess you don't have to blitz him, but you have to get pressure on him. The Raiders didn't do that. And you can't just sit back in a zone all game and do that thing because he will pick you apart. And it seemed like the Raiders just played zone all night long against him, right? So it's fair to criticize the plan, the approach. And I think it's fair to see them coming out of the bye week and be like, yo, that was the best you had, you know? So the criticism is so fair right now. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I'm going to defend Gunther a little bit. I just don't think he has the personnel to play, you know, against the Tom Brady. We've seen in the past, you know, when Brady was in New England, the types of teams that give him problems aren't the zone teams, right? They're the ones that have really good man corners on the outside and can get pressure with their front four. Like I'm thinking like the Jacksonvilles and the Giants, you know, when they were uh, at the peak. But, you know, for the Raiders, I I don't think Paul Gunther's helping the situation at all. I'm just not sure he has the talent to do much about it. The media chatter about Gunther's job maybe not being safe, like maybe the Raiders should make a change midseason. I know it's probably not going to happen. Gruden has hinted that that's not going to happen. But we've seen the defense kind of struggle for a few years now, right? This is not a new thing. Do you think his job should be safe? Do you think that should be on the table, like a change midseason? Could that help things or that doesn't do anything in your opinion, maybe? I think it would because they do have a potential, you know, defensive coordinator in waiting uh, in the wings and Rod Marinelli. But at the same time, Rod Marinelli's scheme is very old school. It's very much uh, we you, the offenses know exactly what's coming on every single play. He doesn't blitz. The coverages are very simple. So again, when you play the better quarterbacks like a Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes, you're going to get killed because you don't have the personnel to dominate up front. You're not going to win one-on-one matchups. So maybe in the short term against less teams it would help moving on from Gunther but long term I'm not sure that either either guy is the right one for the job yeah no doubt and we talked about what was the key to the game that we talked about they got to get the run game going right my key to the game was if Josh Jacobs can get going if you can figure that thing out get him a couple big chunk plays 
you got a chance against the Bucks. You can hang with them. Sure. What was Jacobs' numbers? Like 10 carries for 17 yards, right? Like, we yeah. talked about it last week. You just cannot run on the Bucks, And I, I worry about the run game with the Raiders because if they don't have that piece, as well as Derek Carr is playing this year, and he's playing really well, career numbers, he's doing a great job. But if it's all on him and he's one-dimensional, I don't think the Raiders have a job. I think you're going to see games where they're scoring in the 20s, in the low 20s. And with this defense, mm-hmm. you're just you're just kind of screwed in that regard, right? So, man, I, I thought that was a key to the game, Marcus. And like everybody else who plays the Bucks, they just could not figure that thing out. The Bucks are just nasty against the run. Man, it's crazy. Yeah, there was really two things going on with the Raiders and their run game in this one. The first being, you know, they, they didn't do themselves any favors. Uh, you know, they ran almost on every first down. They were very predictable with their runs. They ran into the teeth of that defense, you know, between the tackles. It also didn't help that they, you know, the, this offensive line didn't practice all week. You know, before we talked last week, this entire offensive line was scheduled to play. And then Trent Brown uh, tested positive for, for COVID. The entire offensive line was out until about Sunday morning. Uh, so they didn't practice together. So when you're going up against a, a front seven like that, continuity is king. And they just didn't have it. They had an injury early in the game to Sam Young, the the backup right tackle who was filling in for Trent Brown. Uh, so there was some circumstances that made them not run as well. Yeah, that doesn't, uh, but that doesn't help. But a really good Bucks team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that didn't help, did it? <laughs> didn't no, help, you're right. No, no. it's just a good Bucks team. They're yeah. just really good. Yeah, and, and you're right. All that COVID stuff kind of broke later in the week after our podcast had been recorded. So we didn't really get into all that crap working against the Raiders. You're right on that offensive line. Maybe they didn't have a shot at all with the Bucks being that good and that fast against right. the uh, against the run. Maybe they didn't have a shot. They might be the Super Bowl favorites in the NFC. Like they're just, they're really well balanced and they're a really good team. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe I'll get this on the other side, but too bad the Raiders couldn't like wait and play the Bucks in a couple weeks and could have seen them go up against Antonio Brown, right? That might have been a little bit more fun of a game to cover when if Antonio Brown was on the Maybe I'll get Marcus's take on that in the next segment. We'll do that coming up next. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit them, start them. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com. Corey Bonini with thehuddle.com here. Let's talk about week eight strong plays as we approach the critical time of the fantasy football season. Despite what has been an awful season for Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz, now is the time to get him into your lineup. The Dallas Cowboys are actually a statistically mid-range defense against quarterbacks in 2020, but the position has still averaged 25.5 fantasy points per game and has thrown 15 touchdowns in seven contests versus just one interception. Wentz has been a turnover machine in 2020. Expect that trend to be bucked this week. He has just enough weapons to be relevant in a fantasy football lineup. Not much has gone right for the New England Patriots on either side of the ball in 2020. Running back Damian Harris could be the bright spot this week against the Buffalo Bills. Injuries have plagued this defense, and Buffalo has given up 15% more fantasy points than average in the last three games, fueled by four touchdowns allowed in those three contests. With Cam Newton struggling so much throwing the ball, look for Bill Belichick to give it to the running game more than usual. The Seattle Seahawks have been a wealth of fantasy points for wide receivers in 2020. 49ers receiver Brandon Ayuk has a chance to shine in Week 8. Seattle has been hilariously bad against wide receivers in 2020, giving up 60.1 PPR points per game. The next closest team is Cleveland at 48.3. San Francisco just lost Debo Samuel for a couple of games with a hamstring injury last week, and you can bet Ayuk, who has been a consistent contributor as a rookie, will find various ways to perform up to par in fantasy football in Week 8. Seattle has to focus on containing George Kittle, and that will give a lot of opportunities for Ayuk to use his speed down the field. Chicago Bears tight end Jimmy Graham gets a rematch against his former employee 
Boyer facing the New Orleans Saints. Titans have scored once a game on average versus this defense, and four different players have logged at least a dozen PPR points against New Orleans in 2020. Graham doesn't even need a lot of volume in this one to offer a better than average chance at finding the end zone in week eight. For all of your fantasy football tips, information, news, and advice, be sure to check out thehuddle.com. Marcus, I always love getting your takes on things going around the league. And unfortunately, the Raiders played the Bucks before. Antonio Brown's going to be eligible to go in week nine, it looks like, against the Saints. <laughs> Whether he's out there or not, we'll see. But, man, we just missed him by a couple weeks with the Raiders, man. That would have been kind of fun. Yeah, it, it would have been a lot of fun. It would have been fun to see how Gruden and Mike Mayock handled it. Uh, but I just think it's hilarious that Bruce Arians called this a depth signing for, for Tampa Bay. Like, they're just bringing him in to cover kicks and that kind of stuff. That's, get out of here with that. That's that's nonsense. But, everything Arians uh, yeah, says I mean, is hilarious. Yeah, everything he says is hilarious. Uh, like, oh, uh, we, we signed A.B., Marcus, because he's matured. Over the last 15 sure. months, he's really matured. It's like, sure. give me a break, Bruce. Will you stop that? Well, has also matured. that Tom Brady had no influence on it, right? That's, that was the other thing. This yeah, is, yeah, uh, yeah. This yeah. Is Tom had GM. nothing to do it. Somebody locked him in a closet in his house to keep him out of trouble until an NFL team came. He's not matured. Go on. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, my. No, it's, it's just I, I can't wait to see what Antonio Brown looks like in Tampa Bay. Is this going to be a disaster? Is this going to be the thing that, that unlocks their offense to, to make them, you know, scoring 35, 36 points a game? It's clear that Tom Brady likes them. In their one game that they played together in New England, they had some instant chemistry. So uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm a little worried about Mike Evans. He He's really struggled over the last couple of weeks. Chris Godwin's out with a finger injury. So maybe they need Antonio Brown more than we, uh, we, we think. One thing that I'll give Bruce credit on is he called it kind of an insurance policy for his receivers that and, and they just, they can't stay healthy. Evans always is battling injuries. Godwin hasn't been on the field. He broke his index finger, right? So I, I'll give him that. Everything else Bruce Arian says is a lie, though. I, I can't listen to that guy. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Yeah, take as long as you just think it as comedy, right? And yeah, you don't actually yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what it put is. Any stock in what it is. It's like good. a comedy yeah. skit. But you're right. You're right. You're 100 percent right, Marcus. When you say Tom Brady, he is still horny from that uh, those 11 days when Antonio Brown was in practice. <laughs> he has never seen talent like that. And and I detest AB as a human. You know, with all this stuff to come out, I just I want nothing sure. to do with him as a human. But as a football player. Oh my God, is he awesome? He is so freaking good. And I think Brady got him in practice last year, and he was like, "Oh boy, Brady needs medication after that." He does. He needs medication to keep himself uh keep himself reined in. Oh my goodness! So I, I so, think he's had so a crush know, on AB ever since. Yeah, we know how the season's going to end, right? Like it's going to be Pittsburgh and Kansas City into the AFC Championship game. You know, they're going to face Le'Veon Bell to get to the Super Bowl to play Antonio Brown and the Buccaneers, <laughs> right? That's just the way the season's going to end, right? I, I love that. I'm glad, and I'm glad you brought up the playoff picture because right now the Raiders are just outside at 3-3, three and three, right? The Steelers are the last undefeated team in the NFL. They're 6-0. and oh. You got the Chiefs at 6-1. and one. I think the Chiefs still have that inside track to be the number one seed. I, they might finish 15-1 and one or 14-2 and two, knowing that team. And then you got the oh, Titans. Oh, schedule's so easy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, okay. They've got the path, right? And then you get the Titans, Bills, Ravens, and the Browns, the team that's coming up next here for the Raiders, and then the Colts. So this is going to be interesting, right, with the Raiders coming up. They got the Browns this week. They still play the Broncos twice. They play the Chiefs again. They got the Colts on their schedule. They got an interesting game with the Chargers and another team that they're going to be battling with, the Dolphins. So I think like they're going to have the cards in their hands, Marcus. If they want to make the playoffs, they're going to have some big head-to-head games coming up down the stretch, starting with Cleveland here. I'm starting to map out this. I'm like, man, I could see the Raiders maybe going 10-6, and six, probably 9-7 and is more likely, but some of these head-to-head games... They're going to have to win them, right? I mean, games against the Colts, games against the Dolphins. Like, these are teams they could easily be tied with at the end for, like, a final, one of the final two wildcard spots. What do you think about the playoff pitcher and how it relates to the Raiders right now? 
Yeah, so I think you're right. I think nine wins is the number the Raiders need to get to to make the playoffs. But the wins that they get, you know, in the next couple of weeks are going to be very important. Yeah. Now, Cleveland's one of those teams. They're sitting at five and two. Uh, if the Raiders can win this game and get a potential tiebreaker over Cleveland for a wild card spot, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, both of us, we agree that one of Pittsburgh or Baltimore is going to be the five seed, Cleveland probably the six seed. And then we're going to see a bunch of teams between the Colts, the Chargers, the Broncos, the Dolphins, maybe all competing for that seventh spot. So, yeah, when they have games against these wild card contenders like Cleveland, like the Colts, like Miami, they need to win these ones. And I think against Cleveland this week, it's, it should be a really fun game. I think yeah. these are very similar teams. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, similar teams in that they can score a lot of points and can't stop anyone, Marcus. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, these are these are two teams that are wildly inconsistent that yep, beat yep. some of the bad teams. They, they can, you know, get blown out by some good teams. Look at what Cleveland did against Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Just got absolutely crushed. Uh, I think the Raiders are in that same caliber of team. You're so right. Your job's going to be fun, Marcus, because, and so is mine, I guess, doing the podcast, because these game, these matchups are going to be so fun. Like, two oh, matchups yeah. with the Broncos, you know, Brown, like I said, then these games against, like, the Falcons, the Jets, they're going to have to win those games. You can't drop those, right? So the, even the pressure on those kind of games are going to be huge. So yeah, I'm interested to see how this all plays out. It's going to be a lot of fun, but let's get more into this matchup with the Browns on the road in Cleveland. The Browns are a really surprising group. Five and two, five and two. Uh-huh. You got to love what Kevin Stefanski's doing over there. And Baker Mayfield isn't really playing all that great, but the Browns are there. They're kind of in the thick of things. Marcus and I will break down that matchup with the Raiders coming up next. <laughs> It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of Sportsbook Wire and Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm joined by Jeff Clark to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 8 Monday Night Football matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New York Giants. The Bucks at 5-2 are favored by 10.5 points with minus 115 odds. The Giants, 1-6, are getting 10.5 points at home, minus 106 odds. They're also plus 390 on the money line. Jeff, is there any way listeners can take the Giants in this game? Oh, absolutely. I'm on the Giants plus 10.5. Tampa Bay will be without uh, one of its best wide receivers in Chris Godwin. And the Giants have covered seven over the last eight when getting double digits since 2004, including earlier this year against the Los Angeles Rams, who are a good team. Uh, get out of here. The Giants offense, an absolute mess. The Bucks. They have won every game by at least seven points, four by at least 14 points, five different leading receivers. That Giants defense doesn't have it to stop them. Subscribe to Bet7 Podcast on your favorite app. Please be sure to rate and review. All right, Marcus, what's your leadoff thought on this matchup? Uh, the Raiders are going to dodge Odell Beckham Jr., so that's uh, well, I guess that's that's something the defense can uh, hang their hat on this week. They don't have to deal with him. What do you think? I mean, that's going to be the key, right? They're going to have to can't give up 45 points. I think the offense will do its thing for the Raiders, but the defense can't give up 45. Yeah, so first and foremost, I cover the Dallas Cowboys and the Las Vegas Raiders, and those are the two worst defenses in the NFL, both <laughs> giving up over 33 points in the game. Uh, I don't know how I got so lucky to cover these two teams, but it is what it is. Uh, I, I, I you've, seen talk about def- you've seen a lot of bad defensive football, Marcus. Oh, yeah, I, I'm used to it by now. I want to talk about Cleveland's offensive line. I think one of the best hirings that happened all offseason long was Cleveland bringing in Bill Callahan, uh, arguably the best offensive line coach in all of the NFL. He's got 
got that group playing outstanding football right now, uh, despite a few injuries. And I'm really worried about how the Raiders front seven matches up with that unit because uh, you can expose the Raiders in their interior defensive line. Malik Collins has not played very well this year. Maurice Church is coming back from COVID. Uh, their linebackers, specifically Corey Littleton, has really struggled. So if Cleveland can run the ball well in this game, uh, they're going to control the pace. They're going to control the tempo. I, I think they're going to be able to do, to do some things off play action. But on the other side of the ball, Derek Carr should have a big advantage here against this Brown secondary. Denzel Ward is fantastic. Uh, he's going to take away whatever receiver they put him on. But those safeties in Cleveland with Ronnie Harrison and Carl Joseph, you can expose those guys in coverage. So uh, I'm interested to see how both offenses perform. This should be a high-scoring game. I think both teams should be in the upper 20s or low 30s. Uh, we're in for a fun one on Sunday. Yeah, not only do you cover the Raiders and the Cowboys, Marcus, but you're also a, a sportsbook wire guru, right? Yeah. The over-under here is 53, so you just hinted that the over might be in play here. Yeah, I think so. I, I think these are these are two defenses that are really struggling right now. And, you know, look, these are two of the better offenses in the league. It seems weird to say with Baker Mayfield and Derek Carr as the quarterbacks, but uh, they're both playing well. They both have really good offensive lines. So, yeah, I'm again, I'm looking for both teams to score 28 30 points, uh, and that should allow the over to hit here in Cleveland. All right, you heard it there. That's a show play right there. We'll put that on Twitter. So I've been a kind of a critic, Marcus, of Derek Carr. I, I've, I've said one of our first podcast episodes, I'm not a Derek Carr guy, but I mean, you tweeted his uh, his passing chart. He continues to go downfield. He's becoming a more mm-hmm. aggressive passer. He's taking more chances, and the Raiders are reaping the benefits of that. He's almost at 2,000 passing yards already, 13 touchdowns, two picks. The offense is scoring a ton of points. Uh, they're They're almost averaging 400 net yards a game offensively now they're letting up over 400 yards a game defensively so that that kind of hurts but the offense is great and you do like Derek Carr's the fact that he his mindset and the fact that the uh, Gruden's allowing him to continue to be aggressive as I try to spit this out here (laughs) I'm really struggling I like that piece so I'd love to see them continue that thing keep throwing it down the field they continued it against Tampa Bay that's not an easy defense to do it against they should have less resistance against the Browns and I want to see them continue to air it out yeah, I, I would just say about Derek Carr, there was a lot of reasons to to be pessimistic about him over the last couple of years. You know, in 2017 uh, and even 2018, we saw a, a not very good quarterback on the field. And I think got to, to Oakland, uh, I think there was real concerns about the quarterback position. But we've now seen over the last three years, uh, Carr improve across the board. His completion percentage is up to 72%. He's averaging over 8.2 yards per attempt. His passer rating is 113 right now. So he is playing at an elite level. This is easily the best I've ever seen Derek Carr play. And it's because he's being more aggressive, as you mentioned. He's taking shots down the field. He's stretching the defense. And he's connecting on those shots. It's a big game, Marcus. Big game. If they lose this one to the Browns, and I know they're going to be two-and-a-half-point underdogs going in. If they lose it, though... We're gonna to have to start talking. We're gonna start being like, man, they're they're kind of they're gonna fall on the fringe playoff picture, right? So this is for their playoff purposes. Can't afford to lose this one. This is a big ball game. I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, and, and the thing is, if they win this game, we're right back into talking about them as you know the the five or the six seed in the AFC. Hundred percent. So, yeah, it's a it's a big game. I mean, if if you beat Cleveland, you go you go there and win on the road. Uh, that's a huge win for John Gruden's team. Swing week, swing week. I love it. I love Absolutely. it. So. Marcus, enjoy it. Have a great week, my man. Yep, thanks, Ryan. 
This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.